Good morning, everybody. This is Dee at Twin Flame Stories Podcast, and today is um, episode 21. So I hope everybody is having a great week, and it definitely will be staying as a Wednesday recording day for now. And today I have a great story from a fellow twin, Dabnet. And I really appreciate when you guys share these stories with us. It's just so helpful and enlightening. And we all have different perspectives, you know, different angles of the same view. So it really helps us to relate and to understand different views and it may even help us to see insights about what happens with our own twin because they're they might be looking at it from a different view than we look at it so here we go Dabnet. I suppose the beginning was when we met I was pregnant with my son it was when my son was about two-ish we started a sexual relationship that lasted for three years or so it was a careful balance of us keeping distance and being incredibly close. It's hard to explain. Our dance reminded me of how the shoreline changes, but the sea and the sand are always beside each other in a constant state of flux. We end up having a follow and stop speaking. Not talking to him was harder for me than anything we had already been through. During our separation, I thought of him constantly. I experienced quite a lot of anger at him. This is very unusual for me. I realized the only way for me to move forward was to reestablish contact. I found a badge with his name on it. That was when I gave in and went to see him. But this is not to say we saw much of each other. Last summer I began to do energy work, and I felt I was ready for a new relationship. I threw out his cigarette papers from the bottom of a drawer. My diaphragm. I was ready for something fresh. Suddenly the next day, he came and visited. This was only about the third time he had been to visit me in two years. He came over again the following week. He did seem a bit embarrassed, but I knew what was coming. I was not really surprised when within a few weeks he turned up again. I needed him, and we ended up having sex. I have decided it has always been preventing us from being a real couple, and was really emotionally open with him about it. Something about this freaked him out, and I didn't hear much from him after. I was not surprised. At some point, I stumbled on the concept of twin flames. It made so much of our relationship make so much more sense. I can't say that we either exclusively were runner or chaser, but the years of our push and pull... The fact he never had to tell me he was going to visit, I always knew. The presents I'd buy him, and he'd asked how I knew he'd wanted them. I read a book called Normal People. It's a lovely love story. Two weeks before Christmas, I sent him a link for the book and told him that it reminded me of us. I was surprised when he sent me a text at Christmas wishing me and my son a merry one. I had hoped I'd pushed him so far he'd never talk to me again. I actually was feeling good about it. I figured I'd learn to talk about love, and this would be his gift to me. 
When I was heading into the new year, I was considering cutting ties. I wanted to ask if he'd rather we didn't speak at all. I asked him to see me. He did come over on New Year's Eve. The thing is, when we were together, I never feel out in the cold, so I didn't even ask. But just as he is leaving, he did ask me what I had wanted to say. I told him I was worried I'd done something to hurt his feelings. He told me it was because I had used words like love. I ruminated on it and the intense conversation we had that night. He is the person who taught me to love. I actually wrote down when I first told him because it was so unlike me. I can recall several times we talked about it, like it was the weather. He somehow taught me so much without really doing anything. I was often phoning to say thank you, much to his bemusement. I have much knowledge I gained from him. I can be grateful for that. In the last week, everything feels different. I realized I was withholding my engagement with him <clears throat> because I didn't see how we could or would get to the place where I felt we should, a place quite outside both of our comfort zones. <clears throat> Being honest, I realized this made my love conditional. What's more, <clears throat> we have a kiln. It was meant to be a joint project. Due to many factors, I've only just started taking the project seriously. I found almost as soon as I was working hard with the clay, all thought of him vanished. Hours would go past without cross him crossing my mind. I've been sitting outside sanding pieces. This was never something I pictured in all my years. However, this vision for me was something he had mentioned a few times, which I remembered as I found myself out there in the sun. It's weird to not have him in my head every waking minute, but I now wonder if what I need to do was listen to what he wanted for me and make it happen. I'm not saying I don't still love him or want to know him, but the shift has been crazy. I have found myself more willing to reach out to him, feeling more comfortable with him than I have now for years. I think we're both doing our best, and I know, really know that. <clears throat> I'm not sure what happens next, but actually I'm okay with a whole spectrum of outcomes. And that's Dabnet's story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And <clears throat> I, a couple things just popped out to me. So she, I really, really love this piece where she talks about the dance reminded her of the shoreline and the changes about the sea and the sand, how they're always beside each other, but they're in a constant state of flux. That is, has to be, honestly, the best description I have ever, ever, ever heard of what it's like being coupled with a twin. Because no matter what's happening, it's like that. It's like we're always touching and we may be shifting and one of us may be going forward more into the sea and, and then the sea comes more into the sand. That's such a great description. And then <clears throat> she talks about having a fallout with him. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm just losing my voice again today. Every time I do a podcast, guess what happens? All right. <clears throat> I don't think it's coincidental, you guys. 
Okay, so anyway, she ends up talking about having this fallout and um, the separation. And that is very common. I think that's probably, I don't know, I don't know tons of twins, but I would say of all the stories I've heard and the twins I know, I don't know one yet that has not had like a separation period. And I know we've talked about it before that, you know, separation is important in a way. Um, not to say that if you haven't had one, you have to. I'm not saying you have to have one. If you guys are able to stay in union, that's great. Excuse me just for a minute. Um, but if you have had a separation or are in a separation, don't be surprised. It's I think it's quite common. And like I said, it, it's important. It lets us work on ourselves. Which does bring me to that point that working on ourselves is really the ticket. So you have to have this balance, at least in my perspective, you have to have a balance of knowing who you are, knowing who they are, um, loving them, because a lot of times when we come into a separation, we want to blame, we want to be angry, or it just happens that we're angry, we're hurt, etc. And when we have those types of feelings, we want to blame it on somebody else. Um, but we have to have a higher perspective that, you know, we have to remember we get triggered by things they do or say. And it's easy to push blame onto somebody when we are triggered. So if you're feeling a lot of negative emotions toward your twin, it's a good idea to lift the mirror up and take a look and say, hey, what is it that they're triggering for me? Because I can almost guarantee that their behavior is not the core problem. It may look like it, but if you look at their behavior, it's probably triggering something for you that in turn needs to be worked on. So the separation gives us a chance to step back and to look at what are the triggers? What do I need to do? What's, what's the problem standing in the way? Sometimes, like I've said before, we're so powerful that we're not quite ready yet. I know, I know as soon as we see them, we think we're ready. This is it. We're ready. It's time. It's time. Because that's what our soul is saying. And we know them and we love them so dearly, so, so dearly that it's hard to let them go. But that separation piece is valuable, you guys. So if you are in a separation currently... Just take the bull by the horns. Continue to love them. Continue to spend as much time as you can with them. Um, but also look at yourself. Lift up the mirror. What are they bringing for you? Like what is, even that separation itself, what's it triggering for you? Is it triggering that 
low self-esteem or the the not that you're not wanted or you're unloved or somehow you're not perfect so you can't be with them or whatever it happens to be see if you can kind of look at that um all right and she talks about thinking of him constantly and i I think when the separation first happens, I don't know about everybody, but definitely in her case and also my case, um, it's kind of horrible that you can't get them out of your head and also kind of a blessing and <laughs> at the same time. As time goes on, um, I have learned to adjust. I don't want to say the thought process ever goes away. Like I feel that my twin is still in my head basically all the time but I've learned to adjust to that feeling and so I can work around it if that makes any sense like when it first happened to me and and that thought you know his presence was there all the time it was very consuming and as time has gone on and I know this kind of scares people, but it has been nearly four years since we've met. Um, it, it doesn't diminish, <clears throat> but like I said, I've adjusted and I have learned to work around it. So if I focus, if I consume myself back with it, he's still there. Um, but I, I'm able to focus on other things also and she talks about that later on in her story too and we'll get to that okay and then she talks about experiencing a lot of anger at him so this brings up two things for me um this could be something that's mirrored for her because she said it's very unusual for her to feel that way and so it brings up two things for me either this is like her mirror this is something that needs to be healed like what's the anger stemming from does she know like is it something within her that needs to be repaired and then the other thing is well there's a couple other things that could be going on here is was her twin having a lot of anger I'm sure many of you have felt that feeling where all of a sudden you just get this emotion out of the blue and it's not ours. You can tell when it's not yours. Like you're like, why do I feel like this? I have absolutely no reason to feel a certain way, but yet there you are feeling it. And it, it's usually an intense feeling. So I would, I, I say that this is, um, you know, like that cord that goes between us so we can feel what they feel and like it depends too how strong of a feeling are they experiencing and is it something that you don't usually experience because if it's something you don't typically experience you're going to be tuned into that more because you'll be like why why do I feel like this I never am this kind of person like for me it's uh irritation anger and irritation is what I will suddenly realize that I'm feeling and it's not mine and I know that something's going on. So that could be it. 
And then if that's not it with her, it may be that this anger is something that is stemming from a past life with her twin. And possibly they had some sort of, you know, thing going on in in a past life. And maybe perhaps it was, the end result was a lot of anger and there may be some healing that needs to happen there. So feeling this feeling for from him, she realized, or however, this feeling that came up for her, she realized the only way that she's going to move forward is to reestablish contact. And then she get, finds this badge with his name on it. So how often does that happen to you guys where you get a message from the universe? That's what I call it, is getting messages from the universe. Yeah, and let's see, two days ago was an, a prime example for me. And I know I've said this in the past that I haven't wanted to share a lot about what happens to me personally but I'm trying to put my toes in the water a little bit and share with you guys. But a couple of days ago, um, I had a lot of messages from the universe and my twin's name was everywhere. Literally, it was shoved in my face and it's not a common name. And I really felt like, I feel like that all the time, that it's a message. They're messages, they're reminders, you know, that they're there with us. And for her, that would be a message that, yes, you know, yeah, go establish that contact again. And so when she talks about that they reconnected, but it's not to say that they saw much of each other, I think for some of us that can be common too. Obviously, I don't have the experience of you know, say living with my twin, but I know there are twins that are actually in a full time relationship. Like, um, you know, either dating, engaged, married. Uh, I, it's, I would say it's the lesser of, but I just may not know a lot of them yet. But anyway, so the ones I know what twins I happen to know are in this phase where if there is some sort of relationship between them, they're currently not seeing a lot of each other. And there's definitely reasons why that happens still. So you're either still working on things, which I think is always a process. I don't think we're always going to fully get to the point where we don't have anything to work on, but it will get better and better. So there's still things to work on. Um, sometimes our twin is on a different rung of the ladder than we are. Um, so we they have to catch up to be on the same rung to make it happen. Um, you know, we could be fearful of the outcomes if we allow it. And sometimes we can slow ourselves down. Sometimes there's darkness that interferes 
to keep us apart because we're quite powerful and that's the last thing they want is to have the light come so if they believe you're a powerful couple when you're together they're going to try to slow you down as much as possible um, and also it can be so you don't burn each other out if you're quite a powerful couple and you're just reconnecting in this lifetime it may take some adjustment period to be able to be in each other's light because they're like we talked about the activation before we talked about how much energy comes pouring in during the activation and it's really important to realize that when you make that physical connection all the energy comes pouring in what would happen if you didn't separate that what if you just at that moment when you reconnected and you felt it all pouring in what if we just kept pouring it in i mean there may be some of us may have limits to the initial the initial handling of those energies to readjust to them so sometimes that's the purpose of not being like in their space 24 7 so I just don't want you to despair about not seeing each other all the time. I think being in any kind of relationship with them, talking on the phone, emailing, social media, if they allow it, um, in person, of course, is always the best. But any kind of relationship you can have with them is helpful to this world. Because when you're connecting in some way in the third dimension <laughs> um, that brings a lot of light into the earth and so any anything that you spend with them is good all right and then Davnet talks about doing energy work and feeling like she's ready for a new relationship I think many of us have experienced this too where we're just like, okay, I want, I want what they have got, but they're not going to give it to me, so I'm going to get it somewhere else. Or I've been waiting for a long time to spend my life with somebody, and this is not what I had in mind. So I'm going to look for it. I'm going to look for something that's as close as I can get. Um... And so what she does is she throws away things that were part of their relationship. And she was ready to go, you know, fresh, ready to take on the next thing. And all of a sudden, guess who comes back? Well, you know, they're connected to you and they can feel those things and if you're ready and fresh for something new, um, they can feel it. So they may not be able to acknowledge that they feel that, but their soul feels that and their heart gets tugged towards you. It's like Jill and Remy speak about it. Jill mostly says like, it's like a tractor beam, like you get tractor beamed back, you know, and that's just how it is. So, 
And then they have this little dance that happens where he keep, you know, comes back a few times. And they end up having sex and Okay, so let let's stop with that for a second. So this dance where they come back and forth, back and forth, and like we've talked about it, we can't always be in each other's space 24-7. I feel like a, there's many of us who aren't starting this twin relationship as a normal, in quotations, normal relationship where you would, like, date with somebody, you see them a few times or whatever, you date for a month and you have sex and then, you know, like it, it doesn't progress in a normal fashion or where you don't feel this freedom to speak to them sometimes. Does that make sense? Like you feel like there's boundaries that you can't be completely free with them. And also at the same time, you're not like a normal couple. It's not the normal coupling that happens. It's very intense. It's very quick. It's fast. There's nothing, really nothing we can do about it in that regards. It's just what it is, you guys. It's powerful. We have to remember that we have loved them for lifetimes and lifetimes. We've loved them because they're us. They're part of us. And there's really nothing we can do about that piece. That That's what we chose. And so here we are just trying to make the best of it in this really awkward world. Really, that's the problem. Is this where we are? Is our location on Earth? That's the problem. <laughs> that makes it difficult because of all these old paradigms. So... If we were in a space where we didn't have these old paradigms, it wouldn't be as awkward and and strange. And <clears throat> our patterns would may be quite normal somewhere else when we have this relationship. Okay, so then Tavnet goes on to say that she feels like maybe the sex has prevented them from being a real couple. And she was very open about it with him. So, and then he freaks out about it afterward. And of course, you know, does this little running away thing. Um, also quite normal, quite normal, quite normal. <laughs> because, okay, so as we've talked before, you know, sex can be very empowering with your twin if it's appropriate. Um, some people will tell you that that's the whole purpose is to have a physical relationship with them, like as far as a sexual physical relationship with them. I don't believe that's true. I've seen people who are twins that at this, it's just not appropriate. Like there's at some places, it's just never going to be appropriate. Um, and the ones that have that type of a twinship, it's really okay with them. They don't mind. Um, they're just happy to be with each other in, in any capacity. Okay. But when it is appropriate, it's very powerful. It's 
it's so strong. And I think you guys know when you first reconnect with your twin that whether it's this is part of it. Is the sex part of it or is not part of it? But if it is a part of it, it's it can be extremely powerful. It it mixes your lights together like nothing else can. Um so but on the other end of it, like how Dabnet is speaking that she really feels like this sexual piece of their relationship is preventing them from coupling and uh, it can in a way because sometimes the sexual piece of it is what needs to be healed sometimes it's the the paradigm that needs to be healed is the sexual piece of it that may be the piece of it for you that needs to be healed and it's okay to ask for more you don't have to tell them you know I'm not going to have sex with you maybe that is what you feel like you have to say sometimes it is you really need to tune into your heart I know we've talked about this a thousand times but tune into your heart what is your heart saying and try not to be rash. Um, sometimes it's hard for us when we're very emotional and we think that's it. You know, I'm just going to say this, this, and this. But we have to really try to not be rash about things and maybe take some time to think. Like, give ourselves a time. Like, okay, I'm going to take two or three weeks to think about this. Or... I need a few days or whatever it happens to be and mull it over and really connect with your heart. Is my heart saying that I need a break from the sex part of this? And if that is what you need and this is the kind of relationship you've had, to be very open with them about why you need it. And this is going to take the most intense relationship skills you have. Every relationship skill you have, you're going to have to use because you're going to have to stay in the I statements. You really want to <clears throat> stay focused on yourself. Um, what is it doing for you? Like It cannot be a blame game. You can't take something you've been sharing away from somebody and blame it on them. It will crush them. It will be the end of them. It will, it will be a hard, hard wound to recover from. No matter what it is, even if you're just sharing emails back and forth and you're like, listen, I need to take a break. It's absolutely okay to take a break. Absolutely okay to take a break. But when you take that break, before you take it, you need to be in a place where you're calm and you need to be in a place where you can really be open with them and relate the whole reason to yourself. Why, am, why do I need the break? And you really need to reassure your twin that you love them very much. 
and you will continue to love them. You just are feeling very triggered. You're feeling like this is something you need to work on. So that's what you would say. Uh, okay, so-and-so, I'm really struggling with this area. I think the best way for me to work on it would be to take a break. I was wondering if you would be willing to help me. I need your support. I love you very much. Um, is there other things that we can do in the meantime to stay connected? Because when you take breaks, and this comes directly from Jill and Remy, I should post their website again in case anybody hasn't, you know, been on here and has forgotten who they are. But um, when you take breaks, it can allow darkness to come. So you want to take a very healthy break, but you also want to stay connected with them. Okay, so then that leads me to if your twin is being abusive in any sort of way, it's not okay, all right? So that's where, if that is happening to you, I know it's very difficult, it's very um, in, entwined, and it's not, a very black and white thing. I know it's very, very gray. I totally understand. Been there, done that. And what I want to say about it, though, is if you're being abused, please set a boundary for yourself. It's not to say that you're not going to stop loving them, but please take care of yourself and, you know, make sure you're safe. And you can still tell them the same things. You can still say, listen, I need to work on this. Um, and I would say personally, if I ended up with that kind of issue going on, I would be asking for help from some helpers. Like I would ask for help from Jill and Remy, for instance, or whoever your enlightened helpers are, that's who I would be asking for help in that department because that is very deep and it's scary. You cannot allow yourself to be hurt in that sense. You cannot be abused, okay? Because it puts your life at risk and that's not okay. Whether they're your twin or not, it does, they can't. I don't care. Even if they're your twin and that's your thing to heal, you cannot allow that to happen. Because we need to honor and love ourselves as much as we honor and love them. So if for some reason you're being abused, please, I beg you, have a safety plan and get a hold of some healer, some helper healers for yourself, okay? That can walk you through the process of ending up in a good place. Okay, but in like, now let's go back to that about saying you need a break. So if you're not being abused, um, try to stay connected with them <clears throat> in some other means. 
And I really like that Davnet was very open about it, even though there was a potential for her twin to make a decision about not being as close to her because she was very open about it. I think that's also quite a common trait that when we're open, and sometimes we're very open about things because we know who they are, but sometimes they forget that that's who they are and they're still thinking in terms of like this is an earthly type of connection and they don't know yet that it is um, a spiritual one and so it can freak them out or they do know it's spiritual and they just really don't want to acknowledge that. So it, it definitely can freak them out. And, but we also need to speak from our heart and it's okay. It'll be okay. Um, it's not ideal when they run away, but at this point, that's what their coping style is. That's what they're going to do. And we just have to keep, you know, going forward go forward. Just put one foot in front of the other. Keep loving yourself. Try to stay connected as best you can. Okay, so then Davnet talks about um, the concept of twin flames, and it and it made sense. It, it applied to her relationship with this person. And I totally agree with that. Because my experience was that I had no clue. I didn't understand anything that was happening. It made no rational sense whatsoever. And when I was introduced to the concept of what was happening, it made complete sense. It all fell into a place where it was like, oh, that's okay, yeah. So then I kind of had a path to follow in a way. Um so even though we don't really have a full map of what we're supposed to do, at least we have other people saying, hey, this happened to me too. It does seem to be in a line with this type of phenomenon. And here I am. And so that's why we're here on the podcast to say, here I am. Here I am. This is who I am. And what are we all going to do to make the best out of it? All right. Um, I'm very interested to look up this book that DevNet talks about called Normal People. I, I'm really going to look that up this week and try to read that. I think if she felt like it reminded her of them, it probably would remind a lot of twins of their own stories. So that would be quite interesting. And maybe we'll do a podcast one day that talks about entertainment that is related to twin relationships or could be. So like music, books, movies. If you guys have suggestions about, you know, what kind of music or books or movies remind you of your twin relationship, you can email them and we can compile them and we can share them um, with our group of people here. Okay, 
And, you know, then she was surprised that when she had sent that message to him that he had sent one back wishing them a Merry Christmas. So here comes the reconnection, right? And this is kind of what can happen. They can come and go, come and go, and it's it can be exhausting. Um, probably more exhausting when they come and go versus them just not coming back. I mean, eventually they come back, but like for me, it's been a long period. So um, I think it would be a little bit m more difficult for them to be popping in and out all the time. But I don't know. I haven't dealt with that. So, But it definitely does happen to a lot of people where they're kind of in and out. So the reconnection's good, though. You know, it's good to have that reconnection because, again, it, re it does another activation. Every time we connect, we have an activation. It means energy. It means light. Um, and I find it interesting. This is really, really fascinating because I've been here where she hoped she'd pushed him so far that he'd never talk to her again. And I can totally relate to that. I think, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to end it. It's going to be done. And I know a lot of twins have felt this way. Like, we are, we're going to just end it. We're going to finish it. And we're, we're just not going to have to worry about it anymore. I'll just take what I got from it. Um, this brings me to another point. There's a lot of articles saying that the only purpose to your twinship is to shake you up and wake you up. I'm telling you that's wrong. Okay, if you're here, you are meant to be together in this lifetime, connected in the third dimension. Okay, not just, oh, you spy this person once and all of a sudden you have this massive spiritual awakening. Is that part of it? Absolutely part of it. Is part of it like waking up? Absolutely. Is part of it being catapulted into spiritual growth. Absolutely. Because that is what's going to happen to you. However, all of that awakening and learning and going forward is to allow you both to come together in the third dimension to bring your lights and energies together to serve the world. And you're going to have a mission together. So um, it's a, a good beginning when they talk about those things. It's a good beginning. But you're also, I really, truly, you guys, there are very few twins that are not meant to come together in this lifetime. I really believe that. Um, some of us may use that as a survival mechanism, saying we're not going to come together because that's the only way we're going to survive, feel like we're going to survive this whole ordeal is just to be like, oh no, I'm good. I, I woke up. I'm good now. I'm good now. I think it's such a normal part of thinking that we're good now. Okay. So this is kind of where she's at. Like, you know, I'm just, it's going to be done and we're going to be good. And <laughs> that's not exactly how it works. So, 
Um, then she talks about like in the new year, she's like going to cut ties and it's all good. You guys, we think that that's what we can do. We can cut these ties. We're just going to cut them. We're going to be finished. It's going to be over. I'm going to go on with my life. I'm going to find a soulmate who's happy and loving and like warm chocolate, like lying down in a field full of poppy seeds, like Dorothy does on Oz. Um, you know, <clears throat> it's lovely, isn't it? But that isn't how we're going to get things done. That's not how we're going to shift paradigms. That's not how we're going to bring light to the world. That's not how we're going to accomplish a mission. But we all go through that phase, I promise. And we may go through it multiple times where we just get to the end and we're like, listen, I'm done. I'm going to just cut ties. Like people will actually who have that ability. Um, well, I think you all have the ability, but people who are tuned into having that ability of being able to cut um, cords that belong to other people think they can just cut their twins away. And that is not how it works at all. So as much as you all want to say that's how it's going to end, it's it's okay. You know, we'll be all right. We've got this we're built for it. We are truly, honestly built to survive this, you guys. I know sometimes it doesn't feel like it. It's exhausting. It's painful. But we are. We're totally built for it. And we love them so dearly that if we go back to that whole beginning, we know that is truly not what we want. But we just get to that place where we feel like this is it. I just can't do it anymore and let's just cut it. Let's be done. Um, and then she talks about when he comes over and then they're together and then she's not out in the cold. Because isn't that how it is? Like when we're connecting, then all of a sudden we're not in the cold anymore. We are, we're so reactivated we are so in love where we were we're reminded like the minute our eyes lay on their face we see their eyes that's for me it's always the eyes um it's like home and this overwhelming love like that's our soul and our heart all reminding us of who they are and we it's so powerful, you guys. We can't even pretend that we don't know what it is. That's why it's awakened us, because it's so incredibly powerful. And trust me, trust me, there are so many times where I think, maybe I can just go back to being normal. Maybe I can just be normal. But unfortunately, that's not what happens. So, yeah, she doesn't tell him what she wanted to say originally because when he comes it's like a reminder hey here I am I'm home and it's beautiful and she did tell him she was worried that she had hurt his feelings and he said it was because of the words like love and so this is a big thing for all of us is that love allowing ourselves to be loved and loving ourselves Okay, and then she ruminates on the conversation that they had, and she actually wrote some things down about it. 
and how they talk about it like it's the weather like love is like talking about the weather how easy it is and oh I can so agree with all of that the whole paragraph about how it's just so easy it just comes so easy and how it's so intense it can be short but it's so intense and so profound like how could you be together such a short time and have such a profound interaction and yet it feels completely comfortable and normal um okay so then she realized um she was withholding her engagement with him because they she didn't understand how they could ever get to the place where they would be together and the place of being together would be so out of their comfort zones um, that she couldn't imagine it and this when she thought about the way she was thinking about that that it made her love conditional and this is a very important lesson like you guys Devnet has this so on the money so we're so conditioned to thinking in a pattern in the old paradigm of we meet we fall in love we date we get married we have babies that um it's easy to fall into those paradigm like to continue to play into the paradigm instead of getting out of it so we've talked about this too like keeping keeping that thought of them like we know we love them so dearly oh my gosh like it's crazy but also allowing the freedom of what is it going to bring to me like leaving that a mystery instead of saying oh I you know we're going to get married this is what it's going to look like this is where we're going to live it's going to be a white picket fence and a three-bedroom house in such and such a city and such and such a place and it better be set by such and such a date so if we can kind of let them come on not having those terms take away those terms and know they're coming they're coming to you and it's going to be amazing and you're going to have this amazing connection and if we can just let the rest of it go and let it come as a surprise that help that will help speed it up a little bit because if we put too many um factors into it it can slow it down because how are they going to meet all those factors and what if they can't then they're like well I can't come then so if you can open it up to just let it be whatever it's going to be while still being in a relationship with them that would be fabulous okay and then she talks about this project she has with him and it's a kiln and she's working with the clay so this is very interesting because this, I wonder for them if this is their mission of the kiln together. I find, okay, so what my passion is, is helping people. Um, like 
counseling with people and listening to people and hearing what they have to say and just letting them know I'm there for them. And I had a job that paid me where I actually did this. And I, when I was involved with my people, the thoughts of my twin would be out of my head. But only because I was preoccupied with something that I absolutely loved. And the interesting part about it is I really think this counseling type of process has something to do with our mission, with my twin and I's mission. And so it's whatever the passion is, and I believe that it, the passion is connected with the mission, that it helps to make you feel at one with them in a, in a, in a way so that they're not pressing into your head every second. I mean, they're still there, but you're just so involved in something that is supposed to be between the two of you that it's okay to not have them in your face for a minute. I like you kind of like I was saying earlier, like you, uh, you kind of adjust after a period and they're still there, but you just kind of learn to work around it. So this is sort of in the same kind of sense, like you're just so impassioned with what you're doing and it's so in the moment. And I really think that maybe somehow this has something to do with what their mission is going to be. And it's interesting that he had this vision for her that she never could imagine it, but he could. And there she was doing this thing. So if you find something like this where you can go hours <laughs> without them in your head, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword because you feel like it's kind of sad in a way, like you don't want to lose them being in your face all the time, but it's also kind of a nice break. But just remember, if you find something like that, it's probably something you guys will be doing together at some point. So it's both your passions or it has something to do with your mission or it's something that's propelling you forward towards your mission. So take solace in that, that if you can find something that occupies you and makes you fall in love with that thing you're doing, that that's good. It's a good thing. It means you're moving forward and it means you're coming closer. It may not feel like it, but it actually means you're coming closer. So just hang on to it. Um, okay, so we're almost to the end. So she says, I now wonder if what I needed to do was listen to what he wanted for me and make it happen. So it's important to listen to what they have to say. And we're almost to the end of our session here. Um, it can make a difference. So just, you know, pay attention. And she says she doesn't know what's coming next, but she's ready for a whole spectrum. And I think that's really important to just be open to that um, spectrum of hearing things. And you don't know how they're going to come. So just allow them to come and continue to love them the best you can. 
So I'll just finish up and say thank you so much, Davnet, for sharing this. It was really incredible. Your story really had some really great points to it, and I'm really glad we got to share it. And I just want to tell you all to have a super good week. Hang in there. I feel like there's more of a border between the dark and light right now. Like, I feel like the darkness is really attempting to cause some problems, but I feel like the light has put a border on it. Like, we're not going to let you in that easy. So I do feel like there's a few things that are coming up for me. Um, but it will be okay. And they may be coming up for you also, like where you feel like the darkness is trying a little bit too hard. But I just want to tell you, I feel like our, our light warrior team has also stepped up the game since the last podcast. So everybody hang in there and you're very much loved. I appreciate your time that you spend here on the podcast listening And I wish you all the very, very best week. And we'll talk again next week. Don't forget, if you want to share your own story, you can just write to twinflameauthor at gmail. And I would be super happy to share your story. Okay, talk to you next week, guys. Namaste.